Hello. I'm Sarah Story and welcome to Backstory. This is my new podcast where I catch up with a massive DJs, producers, broadcasters, singers and songwriters to talk about their careers, how they've adapted to the new world that we've found ourselves in, their new projects and of course their backstory. The live music industry is taking such a hit from COVID and over 2020 we've seen so many people lose their jobs, festivals were cancelled, nearly every single DJ was out of work and the artists who were supposed to have their year had that taken away from them. But we have the power of the internet, music, podcasts and so we can still listen and connect to the people that we love. This month's guest is the iconic Jodie Harsh. She's one of the UK's most loved drag queens, a DJ, promoter, songwriter, producer and host. She can do it all and we love her. Here's what happened when we caught her. Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on this podcast Thank because you. you literally are the queen of the UK drug scene. Oh, like, thank you, you very much. Yeah. I mean, not the only one. Well, you're not the only one, but you're you're the main one, right? Well, I think <laughs> I come I come in from a sort of a, a slightly different angle to because of course we've got the show now in the UK. We've got um, Drag Race yeah. UK, which is amazing. And so I've always come in from a different angle, which is um, nightlife and music. Those okay. two things in mind. So that's always been sort of like my my direction within sort of my place within the UK drag scene. Mm-hmm. And um, now it's really amazing that there are so many more exciting queens coming through from the TV show. You've got Bag of Chips appearing on every reality <gasps> show and you've yeah. got like the Vivian winning and you've got all these amazing new queens from this season and Bimini's the fashion queen and Taste and all these amazing people. So I always think the more the merrier. And I've kind of got my, my corner of the... I don't want to say market because that sort of just like sounds too too commercial but I've kind of got my little zone that I that I um inhabit and that's like the sort of the music and nightlife area yeah 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 and and you've really put your stamp on it I really want to talk about you've got dollar baby which was your club night that was iconic like my housemate Matt is a big fan of yours and he was like we used to change our uh, profile pictures on Facebook to like the pictures from the night and 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 he's he's a huge fan but before we go into all of that over lockdown the world stopped and I feel like you didn't if anyone follows you on Instagram they'll see that you've done DJ streams you've started a podcast you've been releasing music for years but you've signed a record deal Um, you were obviously on Drag Race when do you get time to stop? (sighs) Good question i do take a lot of time out as well like i think oh i love a movie night and i love uh you know days off and stuff like that i'm not like i'm definitely not a machine because i'd go absolutely crazy but um filmed that episode of drag race and then within about a week we'd gone into lockdown a week or two into lockdown no maybe a few weeks after that actually maybe a month into lockdown i got covid which was so annoying and and disgusting um, but then like, I think everyone, all my friends did it at the same time. It was so funny. We were all like, have you got symptoms? <laughs> we were all <laughs> ill at the same time. Um, and then I sort of sat, I was lying there in bed and I was thinking, you know, this, this isn't going to go away for a while. And everything was really pretty dismal. I mean, the world literally shut down. It was mm-hmm. unprecedented what happened, of course. And so I just sat there thinking, right, I make a living 
in nightlife and I DJ, I play music to people in real life. That's that's what I thrive on, that's what I pay the bills on, that's what I love and that's what I love to give to other people. What the fuck do I do now? Nothing's gonna be open for the year, that's quite, that's quite obvious. What the mm-hmm. hell am I, what am I supposed to do? And I think a friend of mine was like, oh, I've got a really great idea. He's a DJ. He was like, I've got a really great idea. We could do a DJ set, but like online, <laughs> like filmed. <laughs> and I was like, that's like a really, really good idea. And then of course, within the week, it was like everywhere, like DJs were just streaming and like on lives and stuff. And, and it was definitely a lot of like, right, what the fuck do I do now? What am I supposed to do now? Like, how am I supposed to stay creative? How am I supposed mm-hmm. to stay engaged? How am I um, supposed to keep working as well? How am I supposed to connect with my audience? All of which are feeling shit because we're in a pandemic and we're locked down in our houses. How mm-hmm. can I, as a sort of pleasure provider, um, keep doing what I'm doing? So um, it was just a lot of like going back to the drawing board and going, okay, right, podcasting. That's an interesting thing to explore. DJing online, how do we do that in a fun way? Um, uh, you, you're making loads of music in the studio doing loads of songwriting sessions but on zoom low mm-hmm. um and do, just basically just keep going keep going through it and that's kind of how i stay positive really is by having fun creative stuff to do and to sort mm-hmm. of to, to give out really yeah I, I think the lockdown really pushed everyone creatively in a really good way didn't they like you know, if it wasn't for COVID, you wouldn't have probably done your podcast maybe, or you might have done a bit maybe further down the line. I, w- I wouldn't have forced up. I really think that, yeah. I mean, I I did not start 2020 thinking I'm going to do a podcast. But yeah. then when it was like, and when I was scratching my head and, you know, like thinking, well, what do I do now? Like, what can I do creatively from my, from my living room? Um, I thought podcasting, that's an interesting thing to explore. And I'm really glad I did. Like, I think everything that I ended up doing over the last year, I've really, really enjoyed. And so, mm-hmm. of course, it's awful that we've been, you know, all these deaths and everything that we've just been through and just the collective misery and difficulty that we've sort of all suffered through mm-hmm. the last year. But as you say, it sort of gave every a lot of people a space to explore other sort of creative endeavours because I think everyone, most people were just sat going, what the fuck do I do? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I did. I remember sitting there at my kitchen table and I was, I was just like, right, fuck, I really want to do something, but I don't know what it is I want to do, but I want to, I love talking to people like we're doing now and getting to know about people and how they've got to where they are in their career. I find that really interesting. And I think everyone does really. I remember sitting there just thinking, what do I do? And then I started an Instagram TV series where I got, and I couldn't believe it, all these huge DJs wanted to get involved. And I was just like, wow, like everyone was really up for it. So I think, you know, like you seize the moment and you and you create a lot of cool shit. And I, I just Absolutely. think it's great. And, and yeah. the collaborations as well that were happening, like you were saying, with people coming on your show, it's like people just were really looking to get engaged with other people that they mm-hmm. may not have worked with otherwise and just like do fun stuff. Cause, cause also being in lockdown is boring. <laughs> like oh. being allowed to leave your house for one hour a day. It was all right at first. I was like, this is nice. I'm going to get a bit pissed. So like for a few weeks, me and my housemate would go to Lidl and just like stock up on like all the cheap wine and the Prosecco. And then after a while it was like, right, we can't continue. I've put about stone on. We need to like actually just sort of oh, out. Oh my God, a stone. I've put on about two. Oh my God, <laughs> I ate my way through lockdown one. Really tried to be healthy in lockdown two. Um, 
and didn't really work, didn't really, and then I've not really worked out for months. Yeah. I haven't really found the um, the motivation for it. I found this third lockdown quite hard in terms of <sighs> eating and working out. But yeah. actually, now now that we have some tentative end goals, uh, sorry, in, you know, end dates basically for for getting back out there. Now it's like right, okay, let's get the diet in order. Let's yeah. put, put the Hagen Dazs away. Let's <laughs> you know, let's try and work out. Let you know because that yeah, I've been a bit yeah. Fun. But twenty well, we've got the twenty first. We've got like three and a half months to get ready for it, get prepped, and show the world what we're made of again. Um, Can't come soon enough. I'm like, when that announcement came, oh, just felt like a a weight being lifted. It really, it really did. I, I felt. Do you know what? Weirdly, because I've been dying to go out partying, but I felt a little bit anxious as well about it, and I, I don't really know why. A lot of people are saying that. Um, that'll pass. As soon as you walk into a club for the first time yeah. with all as your soon as mates, I a few drinks, I'm like, I've talked yeah. to me now. As soon as you can yeah. hear music on an actual sound system, like, and you, as, as soon as you can actually feel bass, and you're in a dark room with loads of people, and everyone's just gonna, everyone's gonna be feeling the same, like, oh, a little anxious, but also, we really got through that. Like, we're here, yeah. we're out the other end now. I think there's going to be a feeling like no other. I mean, everyone's saying this, but it's going to be like the roaring 20s, isn't it? When when yeah. in the 1920s, the Spanish flu um, finished. And I really think there's just going to be just this massive air of let's really celebrate the moment and let's appreciate everything we've got and let's just really have fun. Well, we've been kind of, you've been teeing up what it's going to be like on your Instagram, haven't you? Because I've seen on, you've been posting your post-pan party inspo yes. uh, pictures yeah, yeah right which if for anyone who hasn't seen them um basically that really flamboyant images aren't there from like studio 54 and madonna party and one of my favorites has got to be Lindsay, paris and britney in the car oh. definitely going to a sesh definitely oh, going to a hundred percent yeah 100%. yeah yeah i just thought because i screenshot everything that i see that's like visually appealing or like a bit lulls or my screenshots in my iphone i must have like tens of thousands so over christmas i was just sort of combing through and doing, having a bit of a sort out of my of my phone and um i thought i've got loads of these pictures that i'd quite like to chuck up on instagram but um no reason to really and so i thought i'd do these galleries of like inspiration like where just setting the mood for when we can finally get back out there yeah yeah it's, it's got everyone really excited on instagram and i think it was just such a fun i love i love looking at the pictures i could sit there for ages people were like going mad over them they were talking about them on the radio and stuff i was like oh yeah. god people <laughs> love it have you got um a post pan party outfit ready like have you thought of what you're gonna wear on that big first big night out i actually haven't thought about that yet and thinking about it now i think i need to get something together don't i um, yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what I'll wear. It's got to be a showstopper, hasn't it? Has to be. Yeah, it has to be. Or like barely there. Oh no, but I'm not <laughs> going to have my body by then, am I? I need to, let's let's see where we're at in terms of like working out and stuff and to see how much is going to be covered up. But I quite like the idea of like being a bit like ancient Greek and a bit like half naked all the time. <laughs> it's going to be summer yeah. as well. It's yeah. going to be the summer. <laughs> it's going to be summer shit. Oh my God, yeah, I need to get to the gym. The podcast is called Backstories. Let's talk a little bit about your backstory. I want to know kind of the things that probably people don't know, like where did you grow up and what was life like before drag and DJing and, and everything else? Yes, totally. So I grew up in Canterbury in Kent, a couple of hours outside of London. Really normal family. Um, not, we weren't rich. We weren't poor. We were just very normal 
went to normal schools. I have a lovely sister, lovely mum. And basically, um, I think I was always probably shining out as the kind of, not not the weirdo, but you maybe kind of the, the like the, the kind of weird kid that was like mm-hmm. interested in, you know, performing arts. And, and, you know, I was the one that was trying to get cast as the main role in all the school plays and you better believe I got them I was Oliver, I was Oliver in Oliver Twist <laughs> only because I didn't get Nancy but you know <laughs> um, and but yeah I was I was quite um I was quite driven in terms of like wanting to do really well in in the performing arts um and I went to like stage school at the weekends and stuff like that and I was and I was always quite showy offy um and then then I kind of got into fashion really because I loved Ab Fab. <laughs> it's like yeah. I was watching like Ab Fab on video and thinking, I just want to be like Eddie from Ab Fab, like falling out of nightclubs wearing like crazy clothes. Yeah. And I guess I sort of did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Smash yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> so um I kind of wanted to be in fashion. I wanted to maybe be a fashion journalist, fashion writer, or PR or something like that. So I studied at London College of Fashion when I was 18. Oh, and just going back a bit as well, I was going to nightclubs in London when I was like 15 years old. Got the fake mm-hmm. ID, I was getting the train up to London while my parents were asleep, like really properly like dodge behaviour. Going mm-hmm. out, partying all night in London, getting into all sorts of trouble, as you can imagine. And um, I, I, in retrospect, I do think I was probably a bit too young. I mean, I was literally running around nightclubs at 15 years old it's very young Mm -hmm. but um but it taught me a lot about the world the realities of the world and made me really independent um and then I moved to London to go to London College of Fashion and when I was studying there I just started going out every night like in drag I started to do makeup and and wear wigs and and Mm -hmm. and just go to clubs every night and then Mm -hmm. college all day so my background in terms of like my actual childhood was pretty normal and pretty all about performing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what was your first job? I worked in a sunbed shop for a quick moment and literally <laughs> had a free sunbed every day. I was so tanned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't last very long. And then what else did I do? And then did I work at anything else? Oh, I did a summer at Tony and Guy. Um, okay. Yeah, because, and I really did that because I fancied like one of the hairdressers there. So I got a, got a job there. Um, <laughs> did, did it happen? Did it work out? Did you get the hairdresser? Yeah, like 10 years later. That's, such, that's, <gasps> that's like a story for another day. But yeah, <laughs> so bad. Really? So oh, juicy. Yeah, yeah, that's a definitely juicy one. And then... Um, and then when I moved to London, it was it was clubs, straight into nightclubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally week two of living in London, I was like being paid to do the guest list at clubs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was pretty, pretty immediate. And I'd like dance on the bar at Ministry of Sound, um, you know, podium dancing in drag and, uh, you know, like doing the guest list at places and hosting, like bringing tables of people together at clubs and 
putting little guest lists together like straight away as soon as I moved to London. And then and then where did Geordie Harsh come from? Because obviously like Geordie Marsh. Right? Yeah, that's where yeah. the name came from um, originally, um, just because it was kind of funny. And I was only going to do drag for six months or something. And then and then someone gave me that name and I thought, because my real name starts with a J. And so mm-hmm. I thought that was quite a funny name. And it just kind of stuck. Um, and then never really, never really went away. I just, it's such a memorable name. I always remember seeing it in the papers and just thinking, I love that name. Yes, it's so funny, isn't it? And it's, uh, the British drag names have always been sort of punny. Yeah. You know, if you, even if you just look at the Drag Race girls now, you've got like Cheryl Hole, <laughs> who's like one letter away from Cheryl Cole, something like that. You know, it's it's um it's quite a British um, tradition, yeah. I think. So, and then in terms of like the the Jodie look that that took a while to come about as well that took maybe a year before I tried doing hair on one side like I really experimented with looks for a while I've got some pictures that are just I was going to say I'd love to see some pictures of of the process yes um I didn't really know what I was doing at first like oh my god and I look back at the makeup and I'm like so bad it's so bad now you see queens coming up you know at 17, 18 years old, and they've learned how to do drag from the TV, from Drag Race, and from YouTube tutorials, yeah, you know, yeah. the Jeffree Star tutorials, and all this kind of stuff. So they cut their born looking stunning, whereas I came around years before, so I didn't have that reference point to kind mm-hmm. of, I was just kind of like looking at like Vogue magazine and, thing, and thinking like, oh, I like that blue eyeshadow, and just like chucking it on. I, you know, with no real guidance or anything like that. It was all yeah. a bit like trial and error. Yeah. Um, but now I think if I came around now, um, I'd probably be a little more polished a little earlier on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a process, isn't it? It's a learning process. And and I think you just, it's just trial and error, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I have no regrets. I, I really, I look back on those early days and I'm like, oh, so cute running around the clubs in London and then no sleep, like going straight into like a, 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 like a fashion college um, tutorial thing. Like, oh. <laughs> in drag still? Well, I did go a few times in drag to college and I was thinking, <gasps> oh, Amazing. I was thinking, oh, I'll show them. I went to London College of Fashion, like no one cared. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one like batted an eyelid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I enjoyed, I loved, I loved studying. I loved those years. That was really fun. I think, I think, yeah, the college years for me, they were my, the funnest days. Like, I, I really stuck in at college. Like, I really grafted. Where did you study? Um, I, so I went to art college in Carlisle, where I'm from. And then I did a music degree in Liverpool. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, and uh, I just I just had such a good time. And I just think, at the time when you're, at, you're there, you're just probably thinking, oh, this is like the scariest, most important thing of my life. It's so serious. And actually, looking back, I was like, I just went out all the time. We had a great time. Totally. It, was a, it was a blast. I think that's half. I think that's half of it. Like, of course, study as hard as you possibly can and get the best grades you can. But also, you've got to like go out and find what music you like. Sort of explore mm-hmm. your tastes. Find mm-hmm. friends that aren't necessarily just the people that you study with. Um, mm-hmm. Really, sort of find out what you like and what you want to be around and what and where you fit into the world and and. Um, you know, whether that's through nightlife or or, or whatever, like I, I do think that should be a big priority when you're when you're like moving away to go and study. 
Yeah. Like it's not Definitely. just about the work that you're doing at college. Like there's yeah. so much more to explore, especially because like you're like 18, 19, 20, 21. Like there, the, that's when you find yourself. You find yeah, your tribe. 100%. Yeah. I remember going to university and I'm really into like dance music and thinking that there's, there's that was like there's not a lot of girls out and and I, and I but then it, eventually I found my crew of girls to hang out with and go raving with and yeah you you're just learning about yourself and and you think you're so old at the time don't you and I look back and I was like oh my god I was a baby baby a little baby running around nightclubs I know yeah. I never found so, myself in any danger though like I, I I've honestly never had any trouble being young in, in in nightclubs I've always been quite secure and and looked after and yeah never really run into any, any that's kind good of... to hear that's yeah, great to hear yeah, yeah I've sort of had no real bad experiences when did you start DJing when did you get into it so I started throwing parties um uh just as I finished college so at 21 um mm-hmm. in in London and in Soho and I just to sort of save money on costs and budget and stuff like I did I did the the opening DJ set a friend of mine taught me um to DJ um Chris who is um a producer and is is very successful now he's Mm -hmm. um uh you'll you'll know who he is and who is he (laughs) KDA yeah 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 yeah. so he's like one of my best friends in the world and um basically he taught me to dj um because i was like i think i need to start djing and like i'm gonna start doing a club and will you will you teach me and he did he taught me to dj and gave me pass on all of his wisdom and his advice because he was running around djing then as well and um that's where it started and it's really funny because i was doing these sort of club nights and djing the opening set and then when custom you know you know no one call goes out before midnight right so mm-hmm. so i'm starting the dj set at 10 o'clock and then when it comes to midnight and that you know the cool people start coming into the room and i'm like right i need to finish where's the real dj <laughs> i was like right get me off get me off where are the drinks tickets <laughs> let me go and rave <laughs> whereas now i'm so, like 1am it's far too early for me to play so <laughs> love it well so you started as a promoter and then became yeah. a dj yes then. yes so i did everything in the wrong order I started as a promoter. Well, actually, I started doing drag and sort of got my look together. Mm-hmm. So let's say I started the styling first and mm-hmm. then I started the selling tickets and promoting as in mm-hmm. like do, doing the night. Then I started the DJing and then I started to make music. So really, it's sort of, a, it's literally everything's flipped over in the wrong order. Normally, yeah. someone starts making music, then they start to DJ, then they'll sell tickets for their show and then they'll get a stylist in and tell them how to look. I literally, <laughs> and then they'll do drag. <laughs> and, then, and then they'll do drag. And then, <laughs> but I literally did everything in the complete reverse order. But whatever, it's just my that's just my story. But I've yeah. obviously always loved music, always loved dance music, and mm-hmm. so it it completely makes sense everything that I do. But just the order is doesn't make sense for sort of a traditional DJ's. Um, career but hey mm-hmm. traditions aren't exactly something that i like to follow i don't follow rule books do you know what i mean yeah god yeah you don't need to follow rules no. boring <laughs> um when you were coming up the ranks then you were you were promoting your nights you were djing were you just doing that full time or were you having to juggle other jobs yeah, yeah you're doing that full time yeah I, I, I went into clubs full time as soon as i finished college 
Oh, wow. Straight, okay. So that, that's in. great. Yeah. And I did, while I was um, studying in my last year, I did loads of work placements as well. I did a placement at Attitude Magazine, the gay magazine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I became their grooming editor. So I'd get sent all the um, beauty products. <laughs> You love, love auto, don't you? I, I do, I do. I'm big yeah. fan. Yes, I because love. Because my, my housemate does the PR for them, Haley. Oh, fa- oh, yes, fab, fab, fab. Yeah, yeah. So she's always giving me the stuff and I'm like literally lathering it oh, on. Yeah. I'm just like, it's the best, isn't it? I'm a big CBD fan. Like, yeah. it's, I get you know anxious sometimes, as we all do, especially this year. And so CBD drops are really help my day actually yeah. just take the edge off a little bit um yeah. what were we talking about the so you were you went to attitude you oh, did a yeah. placement there then you did the beauty stuff for them yeah and then i and then we had to get like a three-month work placement at college and so i emailed um someone at v magazine in new york and said would it be i'd never been to america at this stage i'm sort of 20 years old and i, and I emailed and i said is there any chance i can come and do sort of a work placement with a fashion team and they said yes. I was like, fuck, I'm going to New York to do a work placement. And so, and my granddad had just died and left me a bit of money, which was enough to basically fly me out to New York and sort of rent a room in some flat share in mm-hmm. in like Chinatown that I found on Gumtree for three <laughs> months. Really nice people that I shared with. Three months and I basically took myself out to New York and did a three-month work placement at V Magazine, the fashion magazine, which is nuts. I'm 20 years old. You, you were so confident. So confident and, like, on the hustle. You know, like, I just kind of... It's just, you know, I had drive. I guess I've always kind of had mm-hmm. that that drive and hustle in me. And then I think one of my first nights... Um, being in New York, I interviewed Amanda Lepore. Do you know who she is? Amanda Lepore. No, who's that? She's like this sort of like, she's quite iconic. You'd recognise her if you saw her. She's this sort of trans model. She's in loads of David LaChapelle's pictures and she's okay. a New York party girl. And I interviewed her for Attitude magazine and she took me under her wing on that trip. So I got into all of the clubs she was working at with no need for any ID because I wasn't old enough to go out. And I was suddenly in sat around tables at 20 years old in New York with Paris Hilton and, you know, who was this new it girl that people would start, yeah. started talking about. And like David LaChapelle and all these people on a table and Pamela Anderson would walk in and stuff like that. And I was just suddenly in this like crazy New York party world thinking, oh my God, like being just a fan of all these people. How, how do you deal with that? Like, were you fangirling them or were you just acting really cool? Like, how do you get prepare yourself for those situations? Maybe a bit of internal fangirling, but... Um, yeah. And I have always, I will always come from a place of a fan, like when I meet people, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't show it because, you know, I'm also quite good at recognising that people aren't just people, you know. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I was sort of in New York doing like work experience because my granddad left me a little bit of, left me like five grand in, in his will. So I just mm-hmm. thought, let's go to New York. I just think for 20 years old to have the courage to just do that and go to New York, which is a scary place. It can be a scary place. Like So uh, scary. Yeah. Now in retrospect, I'm like, what they let me do that? Who let but me I, do that? <laughs> I think when you're younger, you just you don't have any fear, do you? You just like I I mean, a bit different, but I moved to Ibiza, I'd never been before. I went on a week's holiday with um it was my boyfriend at the time, but then I got there and fell in love with it and then 
Waved him off on the bus, bless him. I felt awful. And just lived out there for three months with a week's worth of clothes. And I was only 19. And I'm just like, would I do that now? Probably not. It's it's just mad. I think life's all about taking risks anyway. And, you know, like you say, when you're young, you don't really have as much fear, I think, as Mm -hmm. when you're older. I guess it's just Mm -hmm. being less experienced, but you live and learn. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You've got mm. to make those mad decisions, haven't you? Definitely. So you, you mentioned earlier you were on Drag Race. What was it like being on that? It's such an iconic show. Oh, my God. I was really happy that they asked me to, to go on as a guest. Like, obviously, I'm a fan of the show. And mm-hmm. um, I've some friends of mine work on the production team and stuff um, on the American one, actually. So, yeah, when, when I was asked, I was just really like, oh, that's like so cool that I'm sort of like going in for a day and and and, and experiencing that and it was everything you want it to be mm-hmm. it was really it was really cool I was just there for a day over uh, half a day or something mm-hmm. and everyone was so lovely and I'd be probably I probably can't say too much really about I think feel like people don't really talk about their experience on drag race very much but it was lovely mm-hmm. the workroom looks exactly like it does on TV I imagine the workroom to have three walls and one of it to be like you know open yeah for where the cameras of, are yeah. yeah but it's four walls it's like it's like walking into a room and you don't really, really? yeah there's not as many aside from the queens and Ruth, there are only a few people in there there's a couple of people operating cameras and stuff but it's not I, I assume there'd be like 50 people plus the 10 queens or whatever. Yeah. But it's not like that. It, it's, it really is like you see it on TV, actually. Yeah. And how do they film it? So, like, did you get to see the end part of the show, you know, when they... Um, no. The, no. No, you didn't. So you, you just did your section and they yes. did that on that day? Yep. Right, yeah, okay. I just did, did my bit and left. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I would have loved to watch the lip sync. Like, oh, tell me about just it. Just from the sides with a cup of tea, like, come on, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a cup of tea, a coffee. But maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe, um, maybe next time. You never yeah. know. I'd love to go back. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah I'd love to. All right, okay. Um, so we'll move on to Dollar Baby because I know it's not going anymore, but it, it I never got to go to it. I would really love to go to Dollar Baby. So tell us a bit about that. So everything everything that I do um, has always got a, a big element of um, like London's queer nightlife um, mm-hmm. sort of embedded in it just because that's where I started. That's where I came from. And I think I'll always keep one like healed foot in in gay nightlife in london in one way or another and so but dollar baby was it was a project that i did project but it was it was a club night that i did with a friend of mine and it ran for maybe three years it finished at it finished at the end of 2019 Mm -hmm. and it was at metropolis strip club which is a crazy venue full mm-hmm. of strip pole. Have you been to Metropolis? I've been, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, such a good club. Oh, leopard print and, you know, mirrors everywhere and leopard print and poles. I mean, it's literally like the film Hustler. Have you seen Hustlers? Yeah. Oh, my God. I watched that at Christmas. I was like, why have I not seen this before? It is so... <laughs> or like Showgirls, you know, like, so good. Um, I-, I love where it is as well, because I live in East London, so it's like right next to mine. Yeah, I'm like, it's... this is perfect. I can walk home. Yeah, it's like the local. Yeah. And so, um, uh, so I, I did with my friend, I did a, like a, a weekly Friday queer party there and it was very club kiddie and it was very, um, just dressed up and draggy and crazy and, you know, there'd be glitter everywhere and, and it was, we'd have special guests come down and DJ sometimes or mm-hmm. there'd be like secret shows or mad things would happen. And I mean, the opening night, Lady Gaga came 
you know, so we sort of started. We started Cash. To, yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Like, I know. Casual. Like, like, what a way to start a club night. Like, opening night. It's going to be really fun. Calm down. And then people are like in the club going, is that fucking Lady Gaga over there? Or is that some drag queen? I'm like, yeah, babe, that's Lady Gaga. She knows I do a good party. <laughs> How did people react? Like, were people bothering her? Or did, you, did she have a little VIP area? She had or... to rope up a bit of a section. But people, yeah. people generally didn't really bother her. And she came with loads of security and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had a great time. Yeah. We sort of, just to make it a bit more comfortable. I'm not a fan of a VIP room. I think it's a bit, like, uh, a bit tacky. Yeah. You know? yeah but yeah. Um, when, when it's someone as big as... as Lady Gaga. I mean, you can't really just go. Oh yeah, I'll just meet over there by the toilet. So you have to. You have to kind of like, um, you know, protect her a little bit. Protect exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, harsh house party because that's yeah. the next party that you're doing, which is in April at yeah. Night Tales. Night Tales. Um, what can we expect from that club night? So that's going to be an occasional thing that I do, where it's just me. There'll probably be a warm up DJ as well, but it's mainly me playing the music that I've made. And my other favourite tunes, um, it's like a dance party and in a, in intimate venues. I mean, Night Tales is like the perfect venue for this. Mm-hmm. And um, just literally like a house party, just where I'm just dropping the tunes. Almost like you've given me the orcs lead at an after party and I'm whacking on the tunes you want to hear. Yeah. Okay, fabul. I really want to come along because it's right next to mine. So Please do. I'm going to come down, definitely. Yeah. And also, it's like it's soon. It's in April, and that's going to go ahead because it's outdoors. We're doing it on the terrace outdoors, so so we can legally do it. It's going to be great. It's probably going to be so the exciting. first thing. Yeah. And the weather's always good in April in London as well. So I feel I feel like it's going to be. It's going to be memorable. Yeah, and you know what? If it rains, I'm sure they've got some kind of canopy haven't they <laughs> yeah exactly so let's talk about your music because you've released my house you've you mean you've done a lot of like a lot of huge things you've had three number ones on the billboard dance chart yeah, in the re- US. remixes yeah. for remixes yeah but they weren't just like you know just wishy-washy remixes they were beyonce and fergie and Cher. yeah 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 so that that's um <laughs> Basically, iconic. I know, I know, yeah. I used to do a lot more remixing. I haven't remixed for a while and probably will again soon. But they, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my my remixes were on those singles that went to number one on the Billboard Dance Charts type thing. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. Or is it my remix? I don't even know. Um, but basically, yeah, did remixes for Beyonce. I've done two for her. So you track my house. Everyone's loving it. You've just signed a deal with Warner. I know. How mad. I love it. So, so exciting. Yep. Um, yeah, so I have a record out called My House and it's sort of, it's been a slow burner. Like it's been, it's been out for all, for a couple of months now and it's really kind of like smashing it now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very exciting. It's amazing. I mean, it's all over the radio and it's doing really well on, you know, Spotify and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and that's just a, a, amazing um, to see. I think I'm really excited about it. And uh, yeah, I've signed with Warner, which is great. And everyone there is really cool. And I just can't wait to just keep doing what I'm doing, but in like a bigger way. Like, Is the plan to do like an album or singles or? For now it's singles. Yeah, for mm-hmm. now it's, um, we're taking it sort of one track at a time, basically, um, mm-hmm. in terms of like what I'm putting out. And um, yeah, I just want to keep getting like sick tracks out and then playing them out to people. 
finally well, do that. I'm excited to hear more, and you can finally do that. Like, how exciting that we've finally got an end date where you can go, right, show the world what I'm made of and get my tunes out there. And I just love making stuff as well. It's like, I'm, I'm a super, you know, I have to be super creative in order to feel sort of happy and in, engaged with the world and all that kind of stuff. So um, to be given an opportunity just like continuously continually like make stuff and put it out is is just really it just really excites me and i just want to write cool songs with people and make interesting music and 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 like party tunes and and just make people dance because we've had such a rough like year like it's been so i mean so rough that i just want to make nice music that people can just have a good time to and just forget forget about things for a minute and and you know hear some fun music and have have a good night out i think it's really, really, people it's really happy. i'm just happy doing music. i'm doing god's work here you know <laughs> <laughs> what's your creative process like when you're making music like do you like do you have to hide hide away or do you have to get yourself in a certain zone like what's what's the process yeah i i start very solitary um on Ableton and good old Ableton Live, mm-hmm. um, making making bits and playing around with like samples and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. when when stuff starts sounding like a little more fully formed, I'll then go to the studio and work on it more there. And there's like loads of synths and stuff at the studio that I use. And I will then bring in um, like co-writers and like do writing sessions and stuff. And that's where mm-hmm. I love writing sessions love because it just feels that's like when i'm at my most creative sat down mm-hmm. with another person like sharing ideas and and making uh, writing a song together even mm-hmm. if it's just a little hook or something i, I love that yeah i think it's really nice when i because i write music and when when you meet those people and you really bounce off each other it's so exciting and, and things really move fast don't they because you're just like all these ideas totally yeah i love it yeah yeah i think i think, I think it's, it's quite therapeutic, therapeutic actually, actually. Definitely, a hundred percent. Well, writing with another person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, like just doing music, like yeah. mixing. Like when I want to forget, because I can get, I'm an overthinker. I'll just have a mix for a bit in my bedroom, and I, I just forget about everything because I'm so focused on the mixing. Yeah. And I find it really therapeutic. Yeah, definitely. And I'm really trying to just listen to loads of other music as well, and not not necessarily just dance music. I'm just trying. I'll have like an hour of classic FM on while I'm while I'm sort of catching yeah. up with my emails or or and uh, listen to like six music and stuff like that. And and I just feel like um, I'm in a place at the moment where I really just love hearing as much music as possible mm-hmm. just yeah. well now, now's the time to do it definitely definitely yeah. you never know when like an idea might kind of you might think oh i like that sort of i like that groove i wonder if i can sort of do something a little bit sort of a bit like that but in my dancey way or oh what's that instrument that's that's nice you know it's just nice to get inspiration from sort of other places without sort of like trying to over um like uh what's the word um like oversell what I'm doing, you know. It's just, it's just like yeah, nice to get, yeah, overcomplicate it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like nice to sort of listen to loads of stuff and, and enjoy. Do you music. have like loads of voice notes in your phone of ideas? Oh my god, so many! And then I listen back, and some of them are so bad. Some of them are like literally me, like like in the queue for uh, Pret a Manger or something, and I just go. And then I listen back, and I'm like, the fuck is that? What's that meant to be? Is that a pe- is that meant to be like a thing from a song? Is that a little piano melody? Like, what is that stupid thing that I did? And then sometimes I'll, I'll be like a little bit of gold. 
<laughs> I'm the same. My phone is full of them. And actually, I started learning to produce in lockdown last last May, June time. And I couldn't work out because I sing. I was like, I can't work out how to get, what key to get this track in. Yeah. So, and I've got shitloads of voice notes of me going, do do do, like yeah, you know, yeah. like you do. And I got this app. I can't remember what it's called now, but it basically tells you what key you're singing oh, in. So you what sing I would do, it tells you the so, yeah, so Wait, I was singing, I was singing, called? it's called, let what? me see now. Yeah, 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 it's really good. Because then I figured out a way of how to make my tunes. So it's called Nail the Pitch, it's oh, called. Oh my God, I'm literally writing that, and my pen is out. Nail the yeah. Pitch. Yeah, Nail the Pitch, right? So I'd be sitting in my living room going like, like thinking of a bass line, do, 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 whatever it is. And then, and then I'd, it would go in the app, I'd screenshot it, and then I'd know exactly what, what notes it was on, and I could like draw it in in Ableton, and then I had my bass line. That is, a, it's so clever, isn't it? Our yeah. lad is like, we're like living in the future. That's amazing. Yeah. That's and I just worked it out and I was like, I was like, I wonder if anyone else has discovered how to do this or doing this. But I was like, that that for me worked because I, I obviously can sing. So, well, most of the time in tune. So if you're singing in tune, it works. But if you're not. <laughs> wow, I'm getting that. I'm literally doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a really, really handy little app. So you've toured globally as a DJ and you know, you've you played Glastonbury, you've, you've done mass gigs, but the one gig I want to talk to you about is the Madonna gig. You did a private party for oh, her. Oh, yeah, I did her, not this album that just came out last year, but the one before, Rebel Heart. I, I DJed at her like album launch party, mm -hmm. what it was. Is it Annabelle's? Oh, I've always wanted to go there. It looks fabulous. It's amazing. Do you have any wild stories or did you see any really wild things there at the Madonna party that you can tell us about? Not really. The first, I, I DJed at the beginning and then I DJed again later on. And the first people to, that walked into the party at the beginning, I'm talking the very, very first people that walked in when it was just me sort of like working out what my first track was going to be as I plugged my USB in. First people were Kim Kardashian and Kanye West walked in. And then they kind of left. Okay. And then I don't think they came back. They kind of walked in and walked out. It sort of felt like it was just for a photo op outside. Or yeah. It's a, it a bit weird. I was like, oh, that's like Kim Kardashian. Okay. Oh, it's Kanye West. And then they left. I don't think that's really gossip, but... That's a shame though, isn't it? That they've just gone for the photo op and then left. Like, there's a great party inside. Go on, guys. Get yourself in there. You've We talked about it earlier, your podcast, which you said you wouldn't have started without lockdown happening. And you've done it. And it's such a good podcast. You've had some massive guests, like... Nile Rogers. Yes, Nile Rogers. Annie Mack, Paul O'Grady. Like, what was Nile Rogers like? Nile Rogers was amazing, but we're halfway through the podcast and my Zoom cut and my internet cuts out. He's talking where he's talking about like some story about this time he rocked up at Studio 54 and they didn't let him in and it was Grace Jones' birthday and they told him to fuck off. So he went home and wrote a song that went, ah, fuck off. And that then ended up being, ah, freak out because they had to change the words. So if it on radio, he's telling this amazing story and then my internet cuts out and I'm like, oh my God, now Rogers is talking to me. Jody Hart, I bow down to Nile Rogers. He's telling me about this amazing, this amazing story. <laughs> like a Studio 54. My fucking internet cuts out because like, because <sighs> it's like roadworks outside my flat. <laughs> yeah. And then I logged back on and he was still telling the same story because he's, oh. he's a bit of a talker, is our Nile. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, thank God. Like, he just literally didn't even realise that I'd gone. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even realise. Didn't even realise that I'd left and rejoined the Zoom link. So funny. 
Oh, bless him. Yeah. My podcast is called Life of the Party. And it's me talking to people about their, sort of their stories and their experiences in in nightclubs, really. Mm-hmm. And how that sort of like, how, how clubs have helped shape them as people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to um, Annie's, I'm a massive fan of Annie Mack. And yeah, she's I just, she's just great, isn't she? Love she's her. Just, she's yeah. just great. She's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, I really need to listen to the Paul O'Grazy one because he's someone I've grown up loving and I've not listened to that one yet. Do you know what? That's an amazing episode. And he talks about... Um, you know, he was working at, as Lily Savage down at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern when AIDS um, was sort of like sweeping through London. And yeah. just about, and about sort of those days and about how, you know, every, every afternoon there'd be a funeral and then you'd go straight, straight to the Vauxhall Tavern, to, you know, to do a show for 8pm, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And performing on all the wards as, um, as you know, in drag as like hundreds of gay men are just in there dying of AIDS. I mean, the, the mm. stories are just like, you know, really, really hard hitting. Did you see It's a Sin, the, the TV show? Yeah, I've been watching yeah. it. I'm not finished yet, but I've been watching it, yeah. Yeah, so the stories that Paul O'Grady was talking about in that episode were, were so, you know, sort of set in that time. You know, that's, yeah. that's what he was talking about. So really, really interesting to hear. And also not that long ago. I mean, when was that the early, I mean, you know, 30 years ago? Not even yeah. that long ago. Not even that, yeah, yeah, yeah. so... Loved that episode, yeah. All right, so what is your... This is a hard question, right? What is your favourite dance track of all time? Oh, my God. Um, okay. I'm a big fan of D-Light. Love. Yes! Yes. Grooves in the Heart. Absolutely. Well, of course, everyone knows Grooves in the Heart. Of course, because it's like a wedding <laughs> like track the now. the B-side? <laughs> well, they released a few albums in the early 90s, and obviously Grooves in the Heart was like their kind of signature track. But the yeah. albums are so amazing and the bass lines and the samples that they've used and the and the crazy little songs that lady miss keir was singing on them and stuff are so amazing that i mean i really suggest that everyone should go and like check out d light's back catalog and you'll hear stuff and go oh that's where so and so like got that idea from and stuff like you can Mm -hmm. literally hear like they're they're like seminal um d light were i think so Favourite dance track, it has to be a D-Light track, and I'm going to say they have this track called What Is Love, and mm-hmm. it's just got the, the best, like, bouncy bass line. I'm a sucker for, like, a, a nice sort of bouncy, synthy bass line and not much, like, when it's quite stripped and you've got, like, mm-hmm. just a couple of drums and, like, a, a really sick kick drum and a bouncy bass line that you could just groove to. I love that. Um, and that track really, in my opinion, is the best of that. Genre. It's called What Is Love. What Is Love, yeah, by D Light. Right, Available now in all retailers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 30 it's years old. It's down to HMV. Totally, yeah. And it's, and it's, it's like, that's 25 years old or something. I mean, what are we mm-hmm. now? 20, oh my God, it's like 30 years old. And it's, that could come out now. Okay. Yeah, it could I come out. I need to listen to those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Groove is in the heart. I don't know if you're a big fan of Louis Theroux. I am. Oh, I love Louis Theroux. All right, okay. So there is a video circulating online somewhere. Um, you'll find it on YouTube of Louis Theroux at college in his halls. I think he's in. I think he's in his halls. Uh, he's with one of the guys that he's made. His, he made a TV show with, and they're dancing in his bedroom to Groove is in the heart, and he's like doing some serious dad dancing. But it is such a funny video. If yeah, go and have a look at it. It's brilliant. Uh, I need to, I need to see that. Big Louis fan. Big Louis fan. Love. Yeah. I love him. Me and my friends say uh, when we're on a night out, 
if you've maybe not been to bed and you stay up. Yeah, I know those ones. You do a through it. Oh. So, so you do a Louie. Oh, you're doing a Louie. <laughs> straight through crew. <laughs> yes, love it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I did a Louie tonight. So yeah, he's, he's one, of the, one of the reasons we like him. Yeah, someone um, gave me a Mackie D's. I did a Louie <laughs> last night. <laughs> yes, Jodie, you've got it. So before we finish, I'm just going to do a little game of this or that. It's quick fire questions just to get to know you a little bit more. All right. So house or disco? Oh, oh, I'm going to say disco because you, because I love house music when it samples disco. So let's go with the original disco. Can't beat it, all those real instruments. It's a bit of a nightmare to mix sometimes if you're DJing disco out live because obviously Mm -hmm. the BPM changes a little bit here and there. But let's go disco. Sorry, that wasn't a quick answer. Disco. (laughs) Disco, disco. Okay. Summer or winter? Oh, summer. Hate winter. Studio session or DJing at a big festival? Oh, hard one. Um, let's say DJing. Festival or Dirty Rave? Oh, another hard one. Let's say a Dirty Rave, as long as there's a f- electric fan in the DJ booth. Keep me cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Love or money? These are so hard. <laughs> let's... You mean... you? Obviously, like I should say love, but let's, let, but you know I don't follow the rules. Let's say let's say money. Fuck I love the honesty. Fuck yeah, fuck them. Brilliant. The eighties or the nineties? Oh, oh my god, these are so hard. Let's say the. Oh no, let's just say the eighties. Ibiza or Berlin? Ibiza, hands down. Yeah, okay. I've never really got Berlin. It's not exactly my taste. I don't think Berlin gets me, so fuck them. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean that. No, no, I would love to go back and do a lovely show. <laughs> but I mean, Ibiza, my heart is in Ibiza. And it's just so lovely and sunny all the time, isn't it? Oh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. place. Paradise, love it. Yeah. Wine or spirits? Spirits. Being single or in a relationship? Single. It was funny because I did an interview yesterday, right, with Baklava, and she said she's in a relationship, but she actually prefers to be single. And I was like, interesting. But when she explained it, I was like, okay, I kind of get you then. She was like, I just always feel a bit more like creative, and I'm on on I'm on one with work. But actually, I love being in a relationship. But I just love having all that time to myself to focus on work. And I was like, fair enough. I'm destined to be forever single. I don't want to sound like a sad spinster, but um, I'm pretty happy being single. Yeah, that's good to hear. That's nice. I, do you know what? I, I, I'm in a relationship, but I I love being single. I, but I'm always in a relationship. But I, when I'm single, I always feel like I can take over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, all right, before we go, two more questions. What's the best piece of advice you've been given relating to your career? <sighs> never complain, never explain. Perfect. There we go. And if you could go to any club in the world tonight, where would it be? It would have to be Studio for 54. Just, but I know that's a cliche, but just because, I mean, it's so fabled. We see so many pictures. I love the music from that era. I love the stars of that era. I love the fashion of that era. And I just want to go and stand in that room and it to be like just the best night ever. And I'm sure sometimes it had a bit of, you know, shit nights as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's got to be that. Yeah. And you would arrive on a horse like Bianca. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> right. Jodie Hash, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Ah, oh, same. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
Massive thanks to Jodie Harsh. Make sure that you check out her track, My House, which is killing it right now. We've been playing it loads on Radio 1. Don't forget to give me a follow on Instagram. It's Sarah My Story to keep up to date with all my future guests. See you next time.